0: The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams, starring Peter Jones as The Book.
1: the universe continues unabated. Its history is terribly long and awfully difficult to understand, even in its simpler moments, which are, roughly speaking, the beginning and the end. The wave harmonic theory of historical perception, in its simplest form, states that history is an illusion caused by the passage of time, and that time is an illusion caused by the passage of history. It also states that one's perception of these illusions is conditioned by three important factors. Who you are, where you are, and when you last had lunch with Zaphod Beeblebrox. Zaphod Beeblebrox's last meal was taken at the restaurant at the end of the universe, since when he has been catapulted through time in a non spaceship, eaten by a carbon copy of the ravenous bug-blatter beast of Kral, received strange and unedifying instructions from himself in his sleep and, in consequence, made his way to the office building of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which was then unaccountably attacked by a squadron of Frogstar fighters, hauled in its entirety off the surface of the planet, and is now carrying Zaphod and his mysterious new friend Rooster in the general direction of the even more mysterious Frogstar. He is, therefore, not unnaturally feeling a little peckish.
2: Hey, Rooster, is there anything to eat in this situation? Here, Zaphod, suck this. You want me to suck your towel? The yellow stripes are high in protein. The green ones have vitamin B and C complexes, and the little pink flowers contain wheat germ extract. What are the brown stains? Barbecue sauce. (coughs) 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 Ugh! Yeah, oh, it it tastes as bad as it looks. Yes, when I've had to suck that end a bit, I usually need to suck the other end too. Why, what's in that? Antidepressants.
1: Much has been written on the subject of towels, most of which stresses the many practical functions they can serve for the modern hitchhiker. Two seminal books are Werdle Sning's Compendious Tome, Bath Sheets in Space, which is far too large to carry but sits magnificently on fashionable coffee tables, and Frat Gad's Handbook, Heavily Modified Face Flannels, an altogether terso-work for masochists. However, only the Hitchhiker's Guide explains that the towel has a far more important psychological value in that anyone who can hitch the length and breadth of the galaxy Rough it, slum it, struggle against mind-boggling odds, win through, and still know where his towel is, is clearly a man to be reckoned with. Hence a phrase which has passed into hitchhiking slang, as in, hey, you sass that hoopy, Ford Prefect. There's a frood who really knows where his towel is. Sass means know, be aware of, meet, have sex with. Hoopy means really together guy, and froude means really amazingly together guy. Meanwhile, important questions are beginning to frame themselves in zaphod Beeblebrox's mind.
2: Hey, uh, Rooster, where did you say this building was flying to? The Frogstar, the most totally evil place in the galaxy. Do they have uh, food there? Food? Have you the faintest idea what's going to happen to you at the Frogstar? They're going to feed me? They're going to feed you, all right. Great. They're going to feed you into the total perspective vortex the total perspective vortex. Hey, what's that, man? <laughs> Only the most savage psychic torture a sentient being can undergo. So no food, huh? The treatment lasts one second, but the effects last your lifetime. You ever had a pangalactic goggle blaster? This is worse. free Ah,
3: oh, hello there. You must be safe for Brox, yes? Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, who are you? Oh, uh, I'm the Frogstar Prisoner Relations Officer, and I'm just popping by... How did you get here? Oh, the usual thing. Work my way up the ramp.
4: No, no, no. I mean, how did you get here? <laughs>
3: you, you just uh, popped out of nowhere like a large drinks bill. <laughs> I know. It's disconcerting, isn't it? Look, I just popped along to see how you were getting on. Enjoying the trip? No, not at all. Oh, well, it'll soon be over. We should be arriving at the Frogstar in an hour or so. It is, as you may know, the most totally evil place in the galaxy. Even I find it pretty horrifying, and I'm one of the most evil people on it. Uh, Yeah? Oh, yes. You're quite staggeringly nasty. Anyway, enough of me. How about you? Is there anything in particular you want?
2: Be careful. What? This guy is evil. He's from the Frogstar. He's up, man. He's just asked me if there's anything I wanted. But...
3: Come on, Mr. Uh, Zephyr. Uh, <laughs> what would you like? What would you really like?
4: A steak. A big, juicy <laughs> steak. <laughs> steak? Yeah. <laughs> Delicious. And some uh, wine?
3: Algolian Clarity. The 91? The 94. Oh, excellent choice. Anything else? That'll do me just fine. (laughs) Right. Turn the fire hoses on him. Hey, uh, what? Enjoy your trip. Bye now.
2: (laughs) Don't say that I didn't warn you, Well, What the hell was the point of all that? They're just playing with you, softening you up. I told you, they're going to put you into the Total Perspective Vortex! What is this thing? What does it do? The principle is very simple.
1: Though the principle on which the Total Perspective Vortex works is indeed very simple, it will not for the moment be revealed. The purpose of this deliberate withholding of vital information is to occasion sensations of suspense, fear and anxiety within the legal limits laid down by the Galactic Statute of Narrative Practice. These sensations can be emphasized further by reference to this recording of a man being put in the vortex. And this one. And this one. Provided that equal emphasis is given to the fact that one man in the entire history of the cosmos did survive its effects unharmed. To establish the identity of this man and see how he achieved it, it is now necessary to travel two million years backwards in time to where Ford Prefect and Arthur Dent are stranded in the primeval past of the utterly insignificant planet Earth. They are faced with a problem in that a spaceship which has apparently travelled back in time to rescue them cannot materialise until they have worked out a way of sending a message forward in time to summon it. This is clearly a terribly convoluted temporal paradox of mind-mangling complexity.
5: Perhaps we could wave your towel at it. You know what your trouble is, Arthur? You've got as much grasp of multi-temporal causality as a concussed bee. Ah, you don't think it would work, then? No. That ship hovering there is only a potential ship, the possibility of one. We could still wave at it. Yeah, very friendly, but chronologically inept. Listen. We have to send a message forward in time. Yes. To where that spaceship is going to be. We don't know where. No. We don't know when. No. And anyway, we haven't got a time machine. No. So? You're right. What? We might just as well wave a towel at it. Right. Hello! 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 Spaceship! Just just down here! Kooyee! Koo! It's coming down! Look, it's coming down to us! I don't believe it! It's impossible! But it's happening! I don't like the look of that. What? It's wobbling. I think it's going to crash. Fire retro rockets, you idiot! Too hard, much too hard. Run after. Run for your life. Make for the hill. Um, well, the what hill? Well, there was a hill there a moment ago. What, that rather nice one with all the daffodils? Damn the daffodils, the whole hill's gone. The ground's heaving beneath us. That's six-court hill. Bloody earthquake. Look, the hill's come back. It's erupting. We must be on a volcanic fault. What?! Well, we did it. Yeah? We flagged down a logically non-existent spaceship with a towel. Yeah, great. Marvelous. Wonderful. Terrific. Tell me, Arthur. Yes? This boulder we're stuck under. How big would you say it was? Roughly. Oh, about the size of Coventry Cathedral. Do you think we could move it? <laughs> Just asking. Can you feel my rucksack anywhere? Um, uh, hmm, here. You see, it's in these sorts of situations that it's really good to have a guide to help you. What? The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It tells you what to do in any eventuality. What? Even being stuck in a crack in the ground beneath a giant boulder which you can't move with no hope of rescue? Yeah. It'll have
1: something. Watch. What to do if you find yourself stuck in a crack in the ground underneath a giant boulder you can't move with no hope of rescue? Consider how lucky you are that life has been good to you so far. Alternatively, if life hasn't been good to you so far... Which, given your current circumstances, seems more likely. Consider how lucky you are that it won't be troubling you much longer.
5: It's time I did something about that book. Shame we lost the towel. What happened to it? It blew away in the wind, fell in the river, and a stream of lava rolled over it. <laughs> It'll give the archaeologists something to think about. Prehistoric towel discovered in lava flow. Was God a Marks and Spencer sales assistant? What are you doing, Arthur? Feeling a rock above my head. It seems to be humming. Humming? Why should a rock hum? Perhaps it feels good about being a rock. No, I mean it's vibrating, as if it's got an engine in it. <laughs> You're crazy. A rock with an engine in Who it? would want a motorised rock? Another motorised rock? Look, Ford, it's cracking. There's a hatchway opening underneath it. Wow, this is one strange rock. Look at the light, streaming out. Did you ever see anything like that before? Not when I've been in a legal state of mind. Look, a figure silhouetted against the light, coming down the ramp. Walking towards us, staggering towards us. It's hard to see, so much light. He's in a bad way. He's stumbling towards a crack in the ground. Look, he's going to fall. Look out!
0: There you go. Ah! ah!
5: You know who I think that is? The faces look familiar. Yeah. It's Zephod. What's he doing coming out of a rock? Well, who says he needs a reason? Well, come on, we've got to help him. Zephod? Hmm. Zaphod, you seem to have fallen down a 30-foot hole. I think he knows that. Is he all right? What does it look like? Zaphod?
4: <clears throat> Zaphod, what happened to you? My head
3: hurts.
4: Can you tell me what happened? They took me to the Frogstar. The Frogstar? What's a Frogstar? I've been in the total perspective vortex. Oh, no. Yeah. What's the total? Quiet. Ford, I'm very ill.
5: Well, if you've been in that thing... Very
4: ill, very
5: ill. What's
4: the vortex?
5: The vortex is the worst thing that can happen
4: to anyone. Oh, no, the vortex was okay, but afterwards... Afterwards? After the vortex? Yeah, I had to celebrate, didn't I? I'd been drunk for a week. Oh,
2: my heads are killing me. Look, uh, will you help me? Hi there guys, this is Eddie, your shipboard computer, welcoming you back on board the Starship Heart of Gold. We are currently heading away from planet Earth on Improbability Drive, and all systems are just hickety-boo. Here we are again. Yes, can be. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Well, guys,
4: you must be so amazingly glad to see me. You can't even find words to tell me what a cool fruit I am. What a what? I know how you feel. I'm so great I get tongue-tied talking to myself. Hey, it's good to see you, Ford and
5: uh, Monkey Man. Listen, I come from an ancient and distinguished race. Of hairdressers. Thank you, Ford. Hey, Zephyr! Hey, Ford, put it there. Hey! And there. Hey! And there. Hey! And there. there. But look, how did you escape from the hag and then on? Simple. I got lucky. How did you get this ship back? I got lucky. But how did you find
4: us? I got your towel. What? Mailed by meteorite. Hey, that was a really neat trick. How did you do it? Do what? Get the towel fossilized so when the planet blows up, two million years later, it gets hurled up into space and picked up by the improbability drive. Hey? How did you work it all out? We didn't. I just dropped the towel. Oh, so you got lucky, too. That's cool. Hey, man, we are going to need a lot of luck where we are going next. Where's that? I'll tell you when you've asked me what happened on the Frog Star. What's the Frog Star? I thought you'd never
1: ask. Many stories are told of Zephod Beeblebrox's journey to the Frog Star. 10% of them are 95% true, 14% of them are 65% true, 35% of them are only 5% true, and all the rest of them are told by Zaphod Bibelbrox. Only one wholly accurate account exists, and that is locked in a trunk in the attic of Zaphod's favourite mother, Mrs Alice Biebelbrox of 10 to the 8th Astral Crescent, Zufruzlchester, Betelgeuse 5. Though countless people have tried cajolery, bribery or threats to get hold of it, she has carefully guarded it from all eyes for many years, waiting for what she calls the right price but one fairly well-documented episode is referred to by Beeble Broxologists as the Hey Rooster, I've just had this really hoopy idea incident. Hey Rooster, I've just had this really hoopy
4: idea. We're in this wrecked building, right? Right. And the building's in this really amazing force bubble, right? Right. And the force bubble's flying through interstellar space, right? Right. And there are seven Frogstar fighters towing us at about hyper-speed 12 to the Frogstar,
2: right? It had better be a good idea, Beeblebrox. What's oh, a smash! F- you want to hear it? Okay.
4: Let's go to a discotheque.
2: Are you crazy? What's the matter? Don't you like discotheques? Look, I got this free invite some cat was giving out in the street. Here it is. Ah, I'm with you, Beeblebrox. You reckon we could slide this plastic invite into a door lock, break out of the building, climb into one of the Frogstar fighters, and then maybe overpower all the guards with this terrifying, small, plastic card? Look at the card, will you? Wormhole Disco. Loudest noise on Beetlejuice. Free body debit for one night only. What's a body debit?
4: Oh, you have been roughing it for too long, Rooster. You missed out on progressive consumerism. Look, an old-style credit card, you press the panel on the card, it makes an instant debit on your bank account and an instant credit to the shop's account,
2: right? I prefer hard cash. If you can't scratch a window with it, I don't accept it. Yeah, 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 but get this. Body debit means you press this card and it debits all your molecules from where you're standing and your body goes into credit somewhere else. In the disco. Right. Escape. Yeah. it will better be a good disco.
4: Listen, if it was a good disco, they wouldn't have to give away body debit cards. Right, Rooster, we are going to groove our way out of here.
2: We did it! What did you say? I said we did it! What did you say? What? I said, what did you say? I can't hear. What? 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 Hi there, baby. Hi
3: there. You want to dance? No.
2: Oh, do I look like I want to dance? You look like it to me. I must have got my wrong body on. Shoot yourself
6: then. Hi there, baby.
2: You want to, Hi there. Be- you want to dance? Feeble All these dancers, they're robots. They're just to make the place look crowded, give it some atmosphere. But there aren't any real people here at all. So what's new? Ah, what's up? i just walked past this nozzle in the wall. It's spraying the smell of hot sweat over everything. Oh, yeah, okay, let's get out of here. Can you see a door? Yeah, it's right in the far corner. Let's go.
5: You cannot go. You must, you must, have, a good, have, a you must have a good
2: time. You must have a
4: good time. I'm trying to have a good time. I'm
2: trying to go. Turn up the music.
3: Turn up the music. Turn up the music. Oh. oh. You must have a good time. You Don't. must go. Don't.
5: No, no. Make the
6: lights, flash. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Let's go! Make the lights, flash <laughs> the lights.
3: Organic life light forms have no sense of fun. Right. Hmm.
4: That must be the worst good time
3: I ever had.
4: Still we're free. Ah,
3: uh, there you are. Splendid. you Hey, man, how did you get to be here? Me? I came the simple way, down the stairs. Down the stairs? To Ursa Minor? Hey, you must be unbelievably fit. Ah, I'm afraid you're not on, Ursa Minor. We didn't let you out of the building. This has all been a little in-flight entertainment.
4: You call that entertainment? Not for
3: you, for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm afraid I must leave you. Now.
4: Oh, and just when I was really getting to dislike you.
3: I feel very privileged to have been able to bring little unnecessary unpleasantness into your life, Mr. Beaverbrock, sir. Fine. Oh, so, I wonder if you'd like to sign an autograph for me?
4: An autograph? You must be several light years out of your skull, baby. Could I have a photo
3: of you here, if you could just see your way? Oh,
4: come sir. on, go suck a neutron star, will you?
3: Look have a look at this little...
4: hey, 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 that's quite a nice picture. <laughs> that's
3: it, yeah, okay,
4: okay, okay. let's, uh... Mm. Let's with uh, deep anger
3: and resentment, say for beetle frogs. Okay? Uh, thank you. <laughs> it's not for my daughter, you understand. It's for me. I have to put it in the frogs are record office attached to a statement saying that you went into the vortex of your own free will.
4: Baby, I think there's some problem with your respiration. Oh, what? You're breathing. Uh, that's not a problem. It is from where I'm standing. Here, let me tie a knot in your neck. <laughs> oh, if
3: you oh. try and strangle me, Brocks, you'll regret it. Yeah, 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 not half as much as you will. Oh, don't say I didn't want <laughs> you. Yeah, oh! Oh,
4: Rooster, did you see that? The guy vanished whilst I had my hands round his neck. <gasps> uh, oh, uh, I think I've broken my thumb on my other thumb.
6: Rooster?
3: Rooster, where are you? Beeble Brooks, you are on
6: your own now. You have arrived on the Frogstar. Hey, what? Who are you? I am Gugglevar. I am the custodian of the Total Perspective Vortex. Vortex.
4: Oh, uh, hi. <laughs> Hello. Hello? Hey, uh, Hello. why can't I see you? Why aren't you here?
6: I am here. I am at least my mind is. My body wanted to come, but it's a bit busy at the moment. Things to do, people to see. You know how it is with bodies. I thought I did. I hope it's gone in for surgery. It's been living recently. It must be on its last elbows.
4: Elbows? You mean its last legs?
6: I know uh, what I mean. Hey, wild. So you are to be put into the vortex, yes? Into
4: the vortex, oh, oh yes. well, this cat's in no hurry, you know. I, I can just slouch about taking a look at the local scenery. you know? Have you
6: seen the local scenery?
4: Uh No. Okay, well, I'll just slouch about then.
6: No, the vortex is ready for you now. You must come. Follow me. Uh, yeah.
4: How am I meant to do that?
6: I'll hum for you. Just follow the humming. Okay.
1: Anything for a weird life? The universe, as has been observed before, is an unsettlingly big place. A fact which, for the sake of a quiet life, most people tend to ignore many would happily move to somewhere rather smaller of their own devising, and this is what most beings in fact do. For instance, in one corner of the eastern galactic arm lies the great forest planet Oglarun, the entire intelligent population of which lives permanently in one fairly small and crowded nut tree in which tree they are born, live, fall in love, carve tiny speculative articles in the bark on the meaning of life, the futility of death and the importance of birth control, fight a few very minor wars, and eventually die strapped to the underside of some of the less accessible outer branches. In fact, the only Oglarunians who ever leave their tree at all are those who are hurled out for the heinous crime of wondering whether any of the other trees might be capable of supporting life at all, or indeed be anything other than illusions brought on by eating too many oglenots. Exotic though this behavior may seem, there is no life form in the galaxy not in some way guilty of the same thing, which is why the total perspective vortex is as horrific as it undoubtedly is. For when you are put in the vortex you are given just one, momentary glimpse of the size of the entire unimaginable infinity of creation along with a tiny little marker saying, you are here (laughs) Hey man, what was that?
6: A man being put in the vortex I'm afraid. We're very close to it now
4: Hey, it sounds really bad Couldn't we maybe go to a party or something for a while, think it over?
6: All I know, I'm probably at one. My body, that is. It goes to a lot of parties without me. Says I only get in the way. Hey, oh,
4: hey. I can see why I wouldn't want to come here. This place is the
6: dismalest. Looks like a bomb's hit it, you know? Several have. It's a very unpopular place. The vortex is in the heaviest steel bunker ahead of you. The
3: universe does that to a guy?
6: The whole infinite universe. The infinite suns. The infinite distances between them and yourself an invisible dot on an invisible dot infinitely small infinitely
1: infinitely
4: hey I'm safe on Beeblebrox man you know that is precisely the point (coughs) enter okay what now now it doesn't look like any kind of a vortex to me it isn't
6: it's just the lift enter (coughs) enter in the right frame of mind for this. There is no right frame of mind.
4: You really know how to make a guy feel inadequate?
6: I don't. The Vortex does. There. The Vortex. The total perspective Vortex. Enter, Beeblebrox. Enter the Vortex! Enter the Vortex!
1: Okay, okay. The vortex derives its picture of the whole universe on the principle of extrapolated matter analyses. To explain, since every piece of matter in the universe is in some way affected by every other piece of matter in the universe, it is in theory possible to extrapolate the whole of creation, every galaxy, every sun, every planet, their orbits, their composition, and their economic and social history from, say, one small piece of fairy cake. The man who invented the total perspective vortex did so basically in order to annoy his wife. Trintragula, for that was his name, was a dreamer, a speculative thinker or, as his wife would have it, an idiot. And she would nag him incessantly about the utterly inordinate amount of time he would spend staring out into space, or mulling over the mechanics of safety pins, or doing spectrographic analyses of pieces of fairy cake. Have some sense of proportion, she would say, 38 times a day. And so he built the total perspective vortex just to show her. And in one end he plugged the whole of reality, as extrapolated from a fairy cake, And in the other end, he plugged his wife, so that when he turned it on, she saw in one instant the whole infinity of creation and herself in relation to it. To Trintragula's horror, the shock annihilated her brain. But to his satisfaction, he realized he had conclusively proved that if life is going to exist in a universe this size, the one thing it cannot afford to have is a sense of proportion. And it is into this vortex that Zaphod Beeblebrox has been put, and from which, a few seconds later, he emerges.
6: Hi. Beeblebrox, you're...
4: Fine, fine. Could I have a drink, please? ...of being in the vortex? You saw me, kid. And you saw the
6: whole infinity of creation?
4: The lot, baby. It's a real neat place, you know <laughs> And you <laughs>
6: saw yourself in relation to it all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what did you experience? What did you experience?
4: What did you experience? He just told me what I knew all the time. I'm a really great guy. (laughs) Didn't I tell you, baby? I am Zaphod Beeblebrox!
1: Is it really true that Zaphod Beeblebrox's ego is as large as the universe? Does this actually have any bearing on anything else in the story, or indeed on anything else at all? Has everyone totally forgotten about the increasingly mysterious Zani Whoop last heard of taking an intergalactic cruise in his office? Is it worth hanging on to find out the answers to these exasperating questions? Find out in the next unedifying episode of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the
0: Galaxy. In that episode of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Peter Jones was the book, Simon Jones was Arthur Dent, Geoffrey McGiven was Ford Prefect, Mark Wing-Davy was Zaphod Beeblebrox, Alan Ford was Rooster, David Tate was Eddie and the Frogstar Prison Relation Officer, and Valentine Dial was Garglevar. Radiophonic Sound and Music was by Paddy Kingsland of the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. The programme was written by Douglas Adams and produced by Geoffrey Perkins. Information about package holidays on the Frogstar can be found in the leaflet Sun, Sand and Suffering on the Most Totally Evil Place in the Galaxy.
4: piece of fairy cake. My stomach's just completely out to lunch.